game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst, Brandon Anderson. Raheem Palmer is off today. We are going to break down Wolves-Grizzlies game six. The Wolves season is on the line, and who better to talk about it with the nihilist Wolves fan, Brandon Anderson, wearing the Timberwolves t-shirt, despite him hating that team more than anybody else I know. Uh, we're going to break down that game, size, props, totals, the whole angles for that game. It's the only game on the slate for Friday. So as a programming note, we will have up in this podcast feed at some point late Thursday or fr- we're recording this Thursday morning, late Thursday or Friday morning, a separate episode that's going to be a Bucks Celtics series preview. We'll give you all the angles about how to bet that series beforehand, not the games, but how to bet that series specifically as a special podcast edition. Then on Friday morning, Posted probably Friday night, we're going to do our usual weekend preview. We'll run down all the games, including game one of Bucks Celtics on Sunday uh, and potentially uh, Warriors Grizzlies on Sunday as well. We'll get all you set for all that on Friday. Reminder that everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. Get up to the second information on where bets and money are coming in on. We'll talk about that today. If you're like, oh, that sounds like a cool number. Where did you get that from? I got it from the Action Network app. Check that out. Download it now on the App Store or Google Play. Brandon, let's not waste any time. The Memphis Grizzlies are at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Game six in Minnesota, season on the line. Grizzlies lead the series 3-2. Memphis is a one-point favorite in this game. They open at one, they're staying at one. It opened 228 and a half on the total. It's slightly up to 229. We had 240s in the market at the start of this series and it has consistently hit under, so they've moved it down a full 11 points. 64% of the tickets are on Memphis in this game and 64% of the money expecting the Grizzlies to close it out on the money line. 51% of the tickets are on the wolves and 93% of the money. So we're tracking some big bets on the wolves money line in this game, which makes sense when it's a one point spread, the over under yet 71% on the under and 65% of the money on the under. So there's a little bit of a money edge towards the over there. We'll talk about all this and more. Uh, would you like me to give my side of this or do you want to start with what you think of this game? I want you to start, but I want you to start by answering this question. Are you surprised that the Grizzlies are favored on the road here? No, there is a, there is such a reticence and a stickiness to these numbers I've found. And the estimation based off of the regular season modeling is that the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the three to four best teams in the NBA. That was one of the reasons why everyone kind of thought this would be a short series. It was so much like, oh, it might be Grizzlies in five. I don't know if the Wolves can really hang here. Um, I want to be very clear on this. The Wolves have beaten the Grizzlies for the majority of the series and have had two not bad, not awful, not horrible, apocalyptic quarters. Brandon, here's the number that I love most of all in this series. I found it this morning going through some data over on Second Spectrum. In the half-court offense, which is the biggest thing that I capped going into the series, in quarters one through three, Minnesota has a 1.11 offensive rating per possession. That's one a 111 offensive rating per 100 possessions. That's excellent in the half-court. That's phenomenal. Half-court's usually slower. It's usually around one. Memphis, in those situations, has done well, but is at 1.06. So you have, basically, for every 100 possessions, the Wolves have beaten by five in the half-court. In the fourth quarter... That's one through three through the, the all, all quarters of this game, including the blowout loss in game two by the Wolves. 
In the fourth quarter, Minnesota has a 0.98 points per possession mark. 98 offensive rating per 100 possessions. Memphis is at 1.31, a 131 offensive rating in the half court in the fourth quarter. It is literally the fourth quarter of game three and the fourth quarter of game five. And that's the only reason I'm not kidding. That's the only reason this thing isn't already done in a gentleman's sweep for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, that does not mean that I think that like, oh, the Wolves should definitely win. This, this line is lined appropriately. The Wolves and Grizzlies should be a coin flip. And the reason is when Minnesota controls the things that it can, can control, it beats Memphis. It's better in the half court. It's able to limit things. Their talent, honestly, they have a little bit more weaponry just in terms of who they have. The Grizzlies have some great players on their team and John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson's had kind of a rough series, but they've had guys step up. Brandon Clark's been fantastic. The Grizzlies are a deep, versatile, well-coached team. The Wolves, I think, have a little bit better talent at the top end. And Chris Finch has made the adjustments necessary, I think, to compete in the series. If you ask me to bet on this game, it's going to be Minnesota because ultimately I can only bet on the team that controls its destiny. If you want to bet Memphis, this is your bet. I don't trust Minnesota to control its destiny. I don't trust Minnesota to close. I think this is will be a close game late. And even if the Grizzlies are down by 10, as they were in the fourth quarter of game five, they will close because we've seen Minnesota choke this away twice now. And that's enough for me to go in on Memphis. That's a perfectly reasonable bet. But from my perspective, the way I can cap it, Minnesota there are so few things that they have to control, so few things that they have to do better, so few things that they have to improve on in order to win this game and this series. I must continue to bet on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I won't bet heavy because of all these factors, but my best bet on this game is Wolves plus one, Wolves on the money line. So that's where I thought it would be. I, I think also not, not just that you'd be on the Wolves, but that it wouldn't be a heavy pick. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. So the line basically is a collective shrug. It's basically like, we don't know. We don't know what's happening. Do you know what's happening? I watched the first five games. Have you seen the first five games? We don't know. I don't know. And that's, that's sort of how I feel also is, is that it just feels very much like a coin flip game. I don't know that I feel the same way if it gets to a game seven, because we know about all the game seven home trends, et cetera, but these are young teams. We don't know what happens there, but this game Feels like a coin flip. Matt, you and I were on opposite sides of the series coming in. And we had very different caps. And where I'm stuck with is I kind of feel like we both nailed it. Like your cap coming in was Minnesota has matchup advantages in this series. Minnesota's half-court offense can be better. If Minnesota can play under control, they are the better team. And we have seen all of that play out when it plays out that way. My cap on the series was, but discipline. This team is not disciplined. I, I said that they're going to lose two games the series just on discipline. They lost two games the series just on discipline. They blew two 20-point leads in a game. They blew two 10-point leads in a game. And the ending of last game, Anthony Edwards makes the shot. Everyone goes wild. Anthony Edwards swoops in for the steal and leaves the wide open. Well, not wide open, but leaves not the shot you want to give up for John Morant end of game. So I'm with you in that this is a coin flip game, but I can't even, I, I just, I can't pick a side because I don't, I don't want to play a coin flip on it. I don't have a side. I don't have a total. I have some more niche angles on it. 
I do think that there is slight value on the Timberwolves on the series. I'm not going to bet it because <laughs> I don't think it's a lot of value and because I just don't need any more of my life invested in the Timberwolves than already is. Yeah. But I think that the line, what's the line at here? It's plus 475 I've seen. Yeah. So that's a 17% implied. I think that's a little low. If we get to a game seven, if the Timberwolves win and we go to game seven, how close to a coin flip is that game for you? Or, or is it still a home team game seven situation? Nope, I'm still with the Wolves. Look, uh, I think you can look at it and go, Desmond Bain can, can single-handedly bust me, right? So like that might be honestly my play, because you always know like I want to come out on either side. I'm so indecisive, and I'm so much like, well, this could happen, but this could also happen. What I probably think what I would do is I would probably bet the Wolves would be a bigger dog there, obviously. I bet the Wolves on the money line. Um, I have bet them on the series, by the way. I just, it's very, again, I don't like doubling down. It's not, Yeah. this is a, a misconception. I have to fight a lot on Twitter, and it's something I really care about. I get really offended when, I, when somebody says that I double down. Like, you always double down. I am one of the people that is quickest to self-analyze and be like, I was wrong. Like, I was wrong on the Brooklyn Nets. I was wrong on this. Like, I'm wrong a lot. This is hard. This stuff is hard, especially in basketball. It's so shot variance oriented. But you can also just be wrong. You have to look past that and actually ask, like, was your process right on this? I don't think my process has been wrong on the Wolves. I really don't. And I'm willing to, because a lot of this, this is what I love about betting, Brandon. This is what I love about betting and betting analysis. I'm not betting on like if you ask me like who's going to win this game. Well, it's probably the the Memphis Grizzlies. Like the Memf- like the Memphis Grizzlies are going to win Game Seven because home teams usually win. But if you ask me like is the price going to reflect yeah, that the Wolves sure. that the Memphis Grizzlies are going like the percentage that the, the Wolves can win? No. Um, in a, that environment, I trust the team with more shooters. I will always always go back to this game, which because it was a very uh, impactful in my career game that i was like heavily invested in emotionally because i love that hornets team in 08 and the spurs went on the road to new orleans and they beat them in game seven and the reason was Gennaro pargo missed like 18 wide open corner threes like Peja soyakovich could not hit it was all just like random shot variants but if you look at it the spurs had better shooters in that in that game they just did they had better shooters that hit more shots Minnesota, I believe, has better shooters. That's who they've been this season. They're a better three-point shooting team. They're a better offensive team. So I agree with you. I think there's value on the Wolves series line. Yeah, and Raheem can't be here today, but Raheem said that was probably his play. If you had to get one here, if you kind of like Minnesota in this game, I think that the better Minnesota play, probably, if you're new, if you're fresh to the series, not a double down, but if you're fresh, I think Minnesota series probably is the play. So I want to go... I have a couple of quarter angles for you. And I think that they lean in on the advantages you're seeing. We've seen Minnesota come out strong in the first quarter. The Wolves have won the first quarter for the five games. The only one they lost was that game two blowout. And then even then they only lost it by one. They've won the other first quarters by eight, 18, five, and three. Wolves first quarter money line is minus 105. So you can just play that and just get your Wolves first quarter. If you like, you can play at FanDuel, Wolves to win the first quarter, Grizzlies to win the game at 4-1. to one. We've seen that happen twice already. So that's an interesting angle. Then the other way is that the Grizzlies have been the second quarter team. The Wolves bench hasn't been good. The gap has closed the last couple of games, but the Grizzlies have won every second quarter in the series. By 5, 10, 11, 
in the last two games by one point each time, but they've won all five. So you can play Grizzlies second quarter money line minus 110. So to me, those angles, we don't know what the rotations look like in the second half, who tightens the rotation, who goes out, whatever. But the first half rotations have been kind of clear. What do you think about Wolves first quarter and or Grizzlies second quarter? Do we have the numbers for the starting units in terms of the rotations and like the net ratings? Do we have those? I, I do not. I think that that's like, a, I'll look it up right now while we're talking. To me, that's like a, a big part of, I think, how I would cap this is. Yeah, because first quarter, that's the starters. And that's your, your angle has been when the starters are out there doing the starters thing, the Timberwolves are the better team. And that's been reflected in the first quarter win for the Timberwolves. Yeah, so here's why I'd probably back off of it. Uh, Bev, Russ, Towns, Vando, Edwards, that's the starting five. Yeah. Uh, that, that unit is minus six in the series, net rating. Let's look at that first okay. half, though. Let me look at it first quarter. Uh, While you're looking, by the way, another prop I'm eyeing, but I don't really feel like this is a real angle as much as a gut feeling. Either team to win by five or less, plus 220 at DraftKings. We just came off a two-point win and a one-point win. Just give me a close game that's close down to the wire. Either team by five or less, plus 220. Just on gut feeling, I feel like we, we could be in play there. It seems like we're going to go down to the end on these games. Uh, first quarter, they've got a net, they've got a net rating of 0.4. So they've basically played them even in the first quarter of the series. Okay. Um, so, I, so it's not necessarily that the Wolves starters have done the trick. It's maybe at the end of the first quarter lineup. Yeah, that has probably the done probably that. that bench in man. And like first half, this is really interesting. First half, the Wolves starters are minus 14.5 on net rating. Wow. So if you want to play Memphis, I actually I'll have a I got a counter one for you, because if you like Memphis second quarter, this actually plays into this. OK, so I got a trend for you. One of the things I'm doing by, by betting the Wolves on top of putting my hard-earned money in, in the hands of Carl Anthony Towns, Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell is I'm going against a lot of trends here. I we talked about yesterday, like I have all of these road favorites except in this spot. So I've got like we're recording this on Thursday morning. I've got Sixers on Thursday. I've got Suns on Thursday. Um, and I've got Dallas on Thursday. Three road favorites. And I'm backing the road favorite because they've done historically very well in this spot. Like This has specifically been road favorites in game six in the playoffs since 2003 on the money line, 31 and nine straight up. Uh, so like they've done very well in this kind of a spot. Again, I'm going against the trends. Here's an even starker one for you, Brandon. Okay. Check this out. Uh, home dogs in the first half on the spread, the first half spread for the home dogs. This would be the Wolves. Okay. Yeah. 13, 24, and three since 2003 at 35%. The Wolves are, uh, based off of this trend, have a 35% projected, like the teams in the wolf spot have covered 35% of the time is the best way. This is a game six trend, a game, game six, six down trend. three, two at home trend, not even down three, two. It's regardless of what the okay. series is at game six at home as a dog, 13, 24 and three at 35%. Yeah. So Memphis first half might honestly be a, even a better bet okay. based off of, We've got a minus 14.6 net rating for the Wolves in the first half. We've got this trend that backs it up. Like if the Wolves pull it off, maybe it's that second half performance that puts them in line. But then you're worried about that collapse in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that fourth quarter. Yeah. So I think 
That's interesting because I was looking at Wolves to win first quarter, but the Grizzlies win. Wolves to win half, but the Grizzlies win. Like we've seen both of those happen twice, and you can get like four or five to one on those. Those trends you just said don't support that that well. Of all the things we just talked about, here's where I land, I think. I, I feel pretty good about Grizzlies second quarter. They've won all five second quarters. The second quarter is in that first half margin we talked about. Uh, the Grizzlies have won the second quarter by 28 points on the series. So what is that? 5.6 points per game. And you can put, play the money line. And if you play the money line, as long as you grab the right line, you can even, you know, if it ties, you just get your money back. So you get a little extra out on there too. So I think after all that, I think Grizzlies second quarter is my game angle here. Do you want to go to player props or do you have anything else? No, I just would follow up and say, even in wins, this is really crazy. Even in wins in the first half, that starting unit for the Wolves is minus 18.8 first half. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet Grizzlies first half. I'm going to do it. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Who's the guy on either team? Steven Adams is gone already. Who else? We're, we're, we're at the end now. Who else is, who, who's going away? Is it, is Jared Vanderbilt going away? Is Xavier Tillman going back away? Who, who's going to disappear down I, the I stretch made, here? I made Wolves fans very, very, very mad the other day by suggesting that they needed to play more Nasri with Carl Anthony Towns. And Oof. they were like, yeah. <laughs> get out of here get out of here with that. <laughs> Why? I have not loved any Nazarene moments on the court this series. You want to know what's like really amazing is like, I can pull them up for you, but it'd be boring radio. I'll just tell you uh, the wolves are rebounding twice as well when Nas is on the floor as when he's off and the lineup, he played very, very scant minutes with towns. They rebounded very well. The minutes with Vando next to towns, that's when they've given up the offensive rebounds. This yeah. is about the tactical matchup. The only way you lose with the Grizzlies going small is if you let Brandon Clark continue to get offensive rebounds. They can't beat you in the half court. They can't beat you in. They can't. They can't beat you in the half court unless you give them second chance opportunities. If you kill them on the glass with Nas Reed and Towns, there's no counter. There's nothing else for Memphis to do. That's it. That was like this was my cap on the series was that they would make them go small. And then they could hurt them on the glass, but Vando's not getting it done. Vando's offensive rebound rate allowed is, is like 37%. It's extremely high. It's 23% when he's off court. I love Vando. I think Vando's awesome. I am telling you that what the numbers say, regardless of like all this other stuff, I am telling you, if you want to fix the offensive rebounding issue, 
you you just say, look, our offense won't be as good, but Memphis's will be worse. And that's to me is how the Wolves can win this game. Thing. That's interesting because Jared Vanderbilt has at every level always been like elite, elite rebounding numbers. Yeah, I know. But rebounding is this not just rebounding. It's you've got to play defense too. And he's not in great position defensively. And if you're out of position defensively, then you don't get to rebound anymore. And so maybe that's, it's, it's a double problem there. Cause you're right. So to go into player props, there are no Brandon Clark lines yet, but give me the Brandon Clark lines when they're up last three games, 18.7 points a game, 9.3 rebounds. He had nine offensive rebounds last game. I think seven in the fourth quarter, if I remember right, just, just killed the Wolves, kept possessions alive, and got those easy buckets. This has been a hard series as a Wolves fan for many reasons. I love Brandon Clark. I begged the Timberwolves to draft Brandon Clark to put next to Carl Anthony Towns at the time of the draft. He was like second or third on my draft board. So I love seeing my boy Brandon show up on the big stage, but I really wish it wasn't the stage in Minnesota. Uh, So if you can get Clark props, I like those. Carl Anthony Towns, over three and a half turnovers. He's done that the last four games in a row, five, four, six, and seven. It's even odds right now. John Morant, we talked about this last game, under 27 and a half points. He went over last game, but he only went over because of that last six minutes when he scored literally every point for Memphis. 13-0 run by Ja to close the game out, but he only had 17 before that. He had 16 and 11 in games three and four. 27 and a half is a pretty high line and he has only gone over that twice now and would have gotten under it four times if not for that late push. Do you feel like, is that push going to put Jaw back on as a scorer? Or is he still a scorer to fade here? I think he's still a scorer to fade. Yeah. I just, they're blitzing him and getting the ball out of his hands, and that's been good enough. Like, yeah. he's on the road, right? I think the Wolves right. have done a pretty good job on him. They just, again, they lose discipline, and then they get killed, right? And you can, if you're, if you're betting this, you're betting that Jaw is going to have just like an absolutely another heroic performance, which is not a bad bet. I don't know if that's a bad bet. Right? Yeah, like you never want you never feel terrible having your money on Jaw to be the hero. You're going to enjoy <laughs> your bet, if nothing else. But I also feel like it's a it's just like I don't know why you're on this podcast if you're looking for that angle. Then you're just basically like Jaw is really fun, and I want to bet him. That's fine, but like yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's well not- wait, I, I've got an angle for you. If you're on the Jaw is really fun, I want to bet him because I had this one anyway. John Morant plus four fifty triple double. He is in the last four games. Here's how close he had a triple double in one. He missed it by an assist in one. He missed it by a rebound in one. He missed it by two rebounds in one. He has three rebounds and an assist away from four straight triple doubles. The last four games, he's not scoring. So he's doing all the other stuff. So I, I think you have to play that one. I, and played, have fun with it. I played Morant over nine and a half assists last game. And he had nine and it was, yeah. Oh, I, I had it too. I remember <laughs> now. The problem is just like the line's still a nine and a half. So I think if yeah. you're going to go, if you're going to do that, if you're going to bet the nine and a half, just do the triple double. Yeah, for you. sure. Like just, just the rebounds or, have been great this series. What's the, what's his his athleticism double double he's getting in there. You have his double what's double. Do you have his double double? Yeah, double double. I, I forget, but it's like minus one forty double double, which is a, a clear giveaway. Like they're basically saying, yeah, well, we know he's going to get a double double. So then we know he's going to get a double double, but he's averaging like eight and a half rebounds and nine assists. We're already conceding he's going to hit ten on one of those. Can he, could he possibly get the one more to get over in the next one? Yeah. I think I want to go ahead and play the angle. He's averaged 20, 10 and 11, the last four games. God, it's so, minus 155 at DK. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's, it's that line screams, Hey, we are we're conceding this. So bet the triple double. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, all right, so run down your best bets for this game for me. Grizzlies second quarter. Grizzlies second quarter. Towns turnovers over. John Morant points under and triple double. And then Brandon Clark once he's there. Okay. Um, if you're gonna play a side, I have to tell you that like my best advice would be Wolves. I'm not gonna bet it, and the reason I'm not gonna bet it is because I already have Wolves minus or plus one and a half. So I need them to win this game, and I'm. It's a game six, which again, the road favorites have done historically very well in this spot. So I have to hedge it. So I can't sit here and tell you like, I'm going to be on the wolves. I'm not going to be, I'm probably going to take Memphis first half based off of what we've talked about in this podcast. Like this is a good example of what we like the workshop to be is we talked about it and I found an angle. I like, I'm going to bet Memphis first half. I'm probably going to be on Memphis for the game as a hedge for my wolves plus one and a half, which is going to kill me. Um, I hate having to look cause I was like, I just feel like I got the series right. And it's not just that, like, the wolf, like, you could say, like, well, you knew the wolves were in danger. 50 to 13 run in the fourth of game three is a little extreme. Like, that's a little extreme. Um, by the way, also, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the, the second, the, the last two minute report. I just went back and looked at the Carl Anthony Towns turnover they had that set up the game winner. You remember that? The Carl Anthony Towns dribbled off his foot. Oh, yeah. So I remember. Yeah. Uh, that definitely went off of Dylan Brooks's foot. Oh, well, it was absolutely. You know, I was Bane, actually. It was, it was, it was late in the game. The you, you, it's hard to review late in the game. You know, you just want to wrap things up. We don't want these games going long at the end. So why, why review? Yeah. By the way, this game, one, one, uh, one other hard-hitting piece of analysis for you. We're back in Minnesota. The Timberwolves are 3-0 and in the postseason when there's a chicken protester on the court. We're in Minnesota. Nice. So 3-0 uh, and with the protester, 0-3 without. All right, so second quarter, Grizzlies. And what else you got? John Morant under on the points, play the triple double. Carl Anthony Towns over oh, on turnovers. Okay. Uh, that's all we've got on this game today. Real quickly, Bucks beat the Bulls. Gentlemen sweep last night in Milwaukee. They advanced to the Eastern Conference semifinals versus the Boston Celtics. Chris Milton is not going to play in the series per Shamstrania which has me even more just, I started cashing out Bucks futures this morning. Didn't cash them all out, but I cashed out a pretty healthy chunk of them this morning. Just don't know how they're going to beat Boston without, without mid. Um, so they, but the Bucks do take care of business, which good for them. And the Warriors close out the Denver Nuggets. Do you have any takeaways from those two series that you want to discuss before we get out of here? The Bucks, I just, I need to find out how real this insane defensive series is for them. It, how much of it is just the Bulls had nothing left and weren't built to score in the playoffs? We know that that's got to be part of it. The Bucks have a 94.4 defensive rating for the series. That is 10 points better than any other team in the playoffs right now. It's, we're we're not going to stay at 94. But last year's title run, we, we gave it all on Giannis and the 50 point to close it out. It was defense. It was the defense that kept winning rock fights and keeping it close enough for Giannis to do the rest. So I need to see how real, how, how awesome is that defense? Is it back because Brooke Lopez is back? And is there enough scoring to go with it? So we'll, we'll do that. I know on Bucks Celtics. For the Warriors, I want to ask you this because you, you're a Nuggets guy. You, you cover them closely. And so credit to Denver. I said they were just washed and done games ago and they fought hard all the way. I didn't think that it had it to them. I don't know why. I should have known better. Denver always has it in them and always fights all the way. I like the Warriors offense kind of got found out after those first two games. Mm -hmm. How much do we need to take away? Uh, do, do we need to worry about that for the Warriors going forward in a future series? Yeah, I think you do. 
Um, there's an adjustment period that it takes, and that's games one and two. Yeah. And they hit you in the mouth, and it's very surprising, and you're kind of shocked, and you don't know what to do with it. And then you got to settle in, and the more that you do it, the more that you get reps versus it. You need to think of it like this. The Warriors don't kill you with individual talent. Trying to slow down Jason Tatum is because he's tall and long and athletic and has a really clean jumper and knows how to get to his spots. He's put all of that together. There's not much you can do. That's not the Warriors. It's really not. Like, Steph honestly is not going to take you off the dribble and, pull, and hit a pull-up three that often. He gets shook if you play up on him. That's why he started driving, because he knew he could get around on busted coverage. Now, he can do that if you play too far up, if you've got a bad switch. But as you get better and better at it, and you have better defenders, you are able to hang with him and deter him. And now, all of a sudden, it gets a little bit more difficult. Jordan Poole really struggled once they started adjusting on him. The other guys, you can dare them to make shots. Like, you can dare Wiggins to make shots. Like, a good example of, like, how close the series was, Draymond Green... In for his playoff career is 31% versus in the playoffs from three point range, 31% versus the Denver Nuggets in both the 2013 and 2022 series. He has shot 44% from three. Like that's like a bit, like this is like a really big thing. Now, when Draymond hits those shots, it absolutely kills you. When Gary Payton hits those shots, it absolutely kills you. Gary Payton, 35%, decent shooter, not like Clay Thompson, but like this is how they kill you. The difference here, I just think, is always going to be about the margin. The Warriors' offense can be not great and still better than you, and that's going to be the real key going forward. I got to figure out if it's Memphis. I'm, it's going to take me a while. We've been on Memphis as a, as a Golden State threat all season. I still think yeah. I'm probably going to lean towards Memphis on the win on the win spread line, but I'm I'm not going to bet Memphis to win outright because I think of what the gap represents in terms of how this team executes. Denver yeah. played like one of the reasons that Golden State was very effusive in its praise for the Nuggets last night was because they recognized how well Denver played. Like yeah. they hit them in the mouth and they've hit a lot of teams and they fall over and they let them know about it. And Memphis got back up and hit them back in games three, four, five. And yeah. Golden State has respect for that. There's a big, you can always tell which teams Golden State respects and which teams it doesn't. They're very <laughs> obvious with that. They had a lot of respect for the Nuggets after that performance versus the Suns potentially. It gets even trickier, but again, I'll say like, I worry about the Suns switch a lot more than I did last year. I have a lot of concerns about it. So I still think that the Warriors should be the title favorites. I still think the Warriors should be are there by I'm there who I'm betting to make the win the Western Conference. Um, but I do think, especially look when if they get versus Boston in particular, that is where I think we're gonna see this issue pop up again. I agree with pretty much all of that. If you happen to hear this before the Suns play game six tonight as we record. Now, I think, is the moment to go ahead and play your Warriors to win the West future, because just in case that the Suns are, are barely below the Warriors in, in West odds right now, yeah. the Suns can still lose in the first round very easily. They could lose in the first round and they don't have Devin Booker healthy. If the Suns lose to game six and go to game seven, I think you lose your last chance to bet on a Warriors West future. So the other takeaway for me on the Warriors 121.9 offensive rating is absurd. 61% effective field goal percentage. And the Nuggets did all they could against it. But that the gap in offense in a potential Grizzlies series is massive. You talked about the half-court Grizzlies offense struggles. That against what this offense can do is a big problem. I think the Warriors, because of the matchup, the Warriors can lose the series to the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies can't win it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think the Warriors can give games away because the Grizzlies will push them on it. But the, the yeah, it's 
it's going to be a, a I, I think, I think where you're going to come out on the series when you get there, if we get Grizzlies, I think you're going to see it as Timberwolves Grizzlies, except with, except that the Warriors are better at all the things the Timberwolves were going to be good at. And, and we have to believe they don't, they, they can't have the meltdowns, but we have to believe they won't do the 20 point blown lead thing. And I think I it's going to end up being similar. One of the reasons why I'm leaning towards Warriors more than I thought I would now is because I actually kind of think the opposite. I think Memphis has been shook at a couple of times in the series. Like they've played a mm. little shook. Now the 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 Wolves have done dumb, 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 dumb things and opened the door back for them. I trust Golden State. If you give Golden State a 20 point lead. Yeah. No. Good night. They, <laughs> they'll kill you. And if you're if you're only up five and you get a little shook, they're going to hit you. So I think they've got the edge in both of those categories. For me, it's going to be about can Memphis can Memphis get them to play the tight like this is going to be hard for for Golden State because Golden State wants to play in chaos, but they need to honestly same thing with the Wolves. Both these teams like yeah, you're right. Wolves want to play in chaos and they shouldn't. They should just be like we're going to grind this out. When they slow the game down, they're so much better. And with the Warriors, it's going to be the same thing. The Warriors want to run up and down and get chaotic. That's what Memphis wants. Memphis is better at it than you. They are the best transition team in the league. Don't They're unbelievable in chaos. It's unreal how how well they react to things going absolutely crazy. Yeah. All right, let's get wrap it up for buckets. We'll be back with a Box Celtics series preview in your feed. And tomorrow we'll preview the weekend's games, get you set for another the last weekend of real like heavy games action in the NBA playoffs. We'll recap and react to whatever happens on Thursday night as well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time for Brandon Anderson. I'm Matt Moore from the Action Network. Let's get buckets.